Hey everybody, so before we jump into today's podcast, I just wanted to A, thank you guys, give you a little bit of a reminder. If you enjoy this content, however you're watching it, consuming it, please like, follow, subscribe, whatever you gotta do, comment on it if you can. Leave us a review, it really helps us out and it can help grow our platform and reach more people. And if you know someone that can benefit from this, please share it with them. If you have a question, if you wanna reach out to us, let us know. And then lastly, we have all of our amazing programs, courses, and coaching available in the resources below. So check that out, definitely take advantage of it. We have everything from free options all the way up to paid programs and everything in between to fit pretty much anyone's budget. And it's just a matter of how customized it's going to be based on the price point. So there's really something for everybody. Thank you guys. Let's get on into the episode. What's up fighters? Mike here for the Life of Fighter podcast. We got episode 52 coming at you. And before I dive into all the fun of today, and actually today we're going to be breaking down the benefits of counting calories. Okay, so back in January and February, I'd released a three-part series of a counting calorie myth kind of debunked or the counting calorie idea and how it may not be as beneficial as we once thought. But I also thought it would be fair to not only argue the side that debunks the idea of counting calories and some better options that we do have, which I truly do believe, but I thought I'd kind of argue the other side of the equation where counting calories can be beneficial, who it's working for, maybe when it is time to do it, and just some of the references and science behind the benefits of counting calories and where it comes into play. But before I dive into all that fun stuff, I just wanted to say it feels great to be back. Uh, just got back from our wedding slash not really honeymoon. We were only there for a week. It was in Punta Cana with Ashley. Got uh, got our marriage on. And now I'm really excited because May 30th, we're going to be going to Thailand. For those of you that don't know, I haven't really talked about it too much. We mentioned it here and there on the podcast. So... One thing that we're going to be doing in preparation for that is getting some more coaches on the podcast and just getting some more articles and content out with all the coaches that we have because believe it or not, even though I tend to do a lot of the talking, I tend to do a lot of the content, we have over a dozen coaches that we work with and different health professionals and I want to start shining the spotlight on them. So just keep your eyes out uh, over the next six months, really just ongoing, that we're going to be highlighting more and more of our coaches, uh, trainers, health professionals that we're working with, teams, our Life of a Fighter affiliates, different gyms, locations, uh, nutrition providers, and some meal prep companies we're working with. We got some really new uh, cool partnerships that we're going to continuously announce. So all that fun stuff, guys. We got a lot of fun, cool things going on. And like I said, we have more infographics coming that are tying into our pro coaching program. But before I dive into all that, like I said, we're going to break down the benefits of counting calories today. So I kind of wanted to highlight some of the major key points we were arguing against counting calories and then kind of bring in some of the benefits that might be on the counter side of it. So what we're talking about in our podcast and in the infographic was that counting calories may not be as accurate as we think. So there's a very wide spectrum of inaccuracies that can take place when we're counting calories or whether we're counting our activity. Okay, so whether it's we're trying to figure out how many calories are going out or how many calories we're actually burning, part of that thermogenic equation we're constantly trying to balance, which is calories in versus calories out which tends to fail for a lot of people long-term. Now, there will be some short-term benefits. I'm even sure there's a lot of people that have long-term seen benefits from it. 
list. But let's look at the inaccuracies. That we really can't argue as much. But on the other side, what I would like to kind of counter that argument is the benefits of just knowing, even if it's inaccurate as far as the total calories being burned and the total calories being measured, knowing how many carbohydrates roughly are in a serving and then how your body can respond to that. So when we're looking at uh, carbohydrate counting and diabetes, first let's look at what, what do I mean by car uh, carbohydrate counting. I'm actually going to look at the grams of those carbohydrates and really it's not as much about per grams what we care about. It's really the impact it has on blood sugar and then thereafter insulin. Okay, so what I thought was very interesting is on the National Institute of Health when we look up different articles, different topics – and different submissions from different health professionals, this topic of carbohydrate counting and diabetes was one of the first things that I saw. And it's reiterating the idea that we want to keep the amount of carb carbohydrates we're taking in in mind. Okay, And one of the ways to do that is actually just doing the math, saying, okay, if I have X amount of grams, that's X amount of calories. For some people, that actually may be beneficial. That may be for the introductory purposes. Like I'm, I was a very obsessive person when I got into nutrition. I wanted to know to the T and it can kind of feed into that. Now in the beginning, I think it was actually beneficial for me to know the calories and to know the servings because now, especially what we're preaching for our habits and in our infographics and what we do in the pro coaching system and we really expand upon this idea is instead of counting it to the T and let's say measuring it with a cup or breaking down the serving sizes, you're using your hands as reference guides. So a cupped hand is going to be a serving of carbohydrates, starchy carbs. Or let's say a, f a closed fist is going to be our vegetables. And that can scale. Again, we, we mentioned those benefits of it scaling with your body size and frame. But that doesn't necessarily still give you the idea of, okay, how many grams of carbohydrates was that? Because we can have a pretty wide spectrum sometimes of our starchy carbs. And we can also have a wide spectrum of fruits and vegetables. So I can have a fistful of vegetables, but when we look at spinach, obviously there's going to be barely a blood sugar. There, there's no sugar really going in there, so the blood sugar response isn't going to be there. Versus if I go with sweet potatoes, which is still technically a vegetable, even though we'd categorize it most of the time as a starchy carbohydrate, but let's even take it as a vegetable for right now in that category. Or even let's take something else like uh, a beet. That's going to have more sugar in it, so it's going to have more of a blood sugar response. So knowing, okay, even though it was the same fist size, knowing the amount of carbohydrates and then the impact those carbohydrates had on our blood sugar is going to be huge. Okay, Whether we're pre-diabetic, diabetic, or you're just someone that has a family disposition to diabetes, knowing how many grams of carbohydrates you're putting into your body and the impact it has on your blood sugar can be valuable. Now I'm not saying live a daily basis, live on a daily basis of constantly measuring your blood sugar, constantly measuring out your carbohydrates and tracking it, but taking maybe a two week period of time where, and even um, one of the clinical nutritionists we work with, Mike Kuhn, he was talking about it in Rob Wolf's book where you're monitoring carbohydrates and how sensitive your body is to those carbohydrates or are, I guess, depending on grammar, poetry, I'm horrible with grammar, so is or are. You guys can tell me later what goes in there. And seeing how it actually, our bodies respond, because my body's going to respond differently than your body and the next person's body. So if we can monitor it relatively cheap by taking our blood sugar only for a week or two weeks, we get a really good idea of, okay, we're counting calories, we're counting the grams, and we're also getting a real-time response from our body. Then thereafter, 
a month, two months down the road, we don't necessarily have to keep counting those carbs. We just know the good food choices that are for our body. So that's kind of bringing it full circle. When we're counting carbs or just counting calories, I think starting to get a feel and tracking the data of what is responding well in your body and then being able to dictate a larger plan off of that. And now again, we could also say that if we're tracking our foods, regardless of we're using our hand as our serving size or the carbohydrates with the actual to the T grams and calories, we're tracking and we can get weight response and all that. But I believe instead of just, we could take another layer of guesswork out of there. Let's not guess, okay, well, these carbs seem to be good. These carbs seem to be bad. You don't really know because then you have to eat them for an entire week or two weeks without any variety. And that's not really the best idea either. We want to have variety in there. And instead, real time, we can just take blood sugar, bam, and we can just change it up ongoing in a couple hours. So that's my whole tangent on one of the big parts, I think, of the benefit to counting calories is monitoring and being able to create a larger program off of that. So that's first. And that was something that we're just reading off of a combination of the National Institutes of Health on their website. Um, I can link it to you guys if you want to find out more about that. And just kind of extrapolating upon a larger viewpoint of what we hear from whether it's the trainer, bodybuilding community, whether it's the athletic world, um, counting carbs can have its place and counting calories is going to have its place with that kind of application to know how our body responds and then how we can scale off of it. So that's the first part. Now let's look at not only when we're burning calories and then we're counting calories coming in, but we look at this idea of it can kind of be, again, a negative obsessive habit that we dwell upon if we're counting calories constantly, we're not really letting go of that idea that I'm tied to these calories. And, and really going back to the inaccuracies, we're tying so much and investing so much in inaccuracies that we can't really predict. So what I'm trying to get at from that is we can still count those calories. Like I said, kind of going back to for the carbohydrate benefit, we can count those calories to get an idea of what works for your body, maybe for a week, two weeks, change it, you know, check your weight with it, make that comparison, take a note. And just because there's correlation doesn't mean causation. So just because we see a change in our weight based on certain food doesn't mean that it's necessarily causing that weight change. It might be also our activity levels changed. Psychologically, there might be a benefit. You might actually feel better because you had, I don't know, you think you're staying on a diet. And sometimes that actually might be another psychological benefit to the calorie counting is that people may feel a little bit more secure with the idea of like, okay, I accomplished my goal today. I achieved it. It's tangible. It's real time. I can count it as opposed to, and not to say this isn't as tangible. It's not as you, you can check it off as a goal for your day, but using your hands as a reference, people may not feel as secure within the beginning. But I promise you guys, if you get comfortable first with the idea of tracking foods and all of that, and then you start to extrapolate, okay, I can always use my hands and you're going to feel accomplished saying, okay, I did have my two palm size of protein. I had my two fistful of vegetables and I had one cupped hand of starchy carbs and a thumb or two thumbs worth of fat. That's going to start to make sense to you just as much, if not more, and leave you more kind of flexibility in there. But in the beginning, a lot of times people need so much structure that we're going to say, okay, I'm not even going to give it the chance of you trying to dictate what a palmed sizes for you, we're just going to go with 20 grams of protein. Easy. It's very straightforward. Again, my only concern with that and going back to the infographic is that we're going to start kind of obsessing over the numbers. And because there's inaccuracies, 20 grams of chicken and 20 grams of steak 
are going to look different because of the fat content and some of the other calories that are going to come in. But again, giving you the idea of giving structure, that's where I do like the benefit of counting calories in that sense. So we're looking at how much food we're eating because we can even accumulate at the end of the day. I had 2,000 calories. I did that every single day this week. You know what? That seems to be working for me. I can see that that's putting me in a position to lose weight and that's replicable and that's going to be important. So there's another benefit to the counting calories side. And honestly, that's where it starts to get, for me, a little bit harder to justify counting calories when we take out the benefit of looking at blood sugar and our insulin response for a diabetic purpose or just pre-diabetic or you want to just kind of stay and understand what good food choices are going to be for you based on your insulin and blood sugar responses. Take that out of the equation. Now we put in, okay, in the beginning, counting calories, going to be good just so you get a better understanding. Take that out. The last thing I would really argue and from what I've seen from even the science and also just from lifestyle and living it is for our bodybuilding clientele or for anyone that's looking to make drastic changes in their aesthetics and physique, this may be the route for you. You may want to go with the counting calorie option. Um, again, it's going to be a short-term choice and this is going to be for those that have already gotten all the healthy habits down. You're already you know, eating X amount of meals a day, whether it's you know three to five depending on how you feel, your energy level is good, you're training a good amount for your body throughout the day. You've nailed all these things. You're hydrated. You're eating vegetables. You're eating fruit. All those things are coming into play. You're not overeating. You're not eating past a certain amount of fullness. Uh, once we get all that done, that's when, okay, now we need to go from 10% body fat to 6% body fat. Making those minor changes may not do it at that level. That's where we're going to start to now relook at counting calories, your macronutrient ratios, carbohydrates. And even though there are some inaccuracies there, Giving it down to that kind of mathematical equation will allow us a little bit more of an upper hand to say, okay, even if it is inaccurate, if we make the same food selection, and it may be off by 30%, but we know that we're getting a success rate with that, when we eat, let's say, five ounces of chicken four times a day with a cup of brown rice and uh, another cup, full cup of broccoli and or another cruciferous vegetable. Okay, we know if we do that five to six times a week, We've been able to maintain our muscle mass and we've been able to lose half a percentage of body fat every week. If we can replicate that for a month, then hey, that's what we're going to do. Even with the inaccuracies of the numbers may not add up, if we do X, Y, and Z and we get to where we want to be, then there's another benefit, I think, of counting calories. And then we can kind of, again, formulate off of that. Now, it does get tricky because when you try and reintroduce different sources of food from different variety of places, the inaccuracy chances drastically increase. So that's why you'll see bodybuilders or anyone that's in a physique competition eat the same food day in and day out from the same place because they know the inaccuracies are there and they know, if okay, if this food choice has worked for me, I'm not going to even roll the dice, okay? But that's why I like for other athletes and really anyone besides a bodybuilder, anyone besides a physique competitor that has to take it that serious, get down to like 6% body fat, you can still get leaner, you can get more muscle, you can even from an athletic perspective improve your performance based on using a reference guide of your hands for your food choice instead of exactly counting calories and sticking to a lot of our habits and principles. Now, of course, there's going to be different variety and changes if you're a weight-based athlete, meaning you're a wrestler, you're a fighter, you're anyone that has to make weight and then perform, or if you're going to be someone that doesn't necessarily need to be a certain weight i.e. a baseball player, you're just going to want to be able to perform, um, let's say, even golf, something like that. Or when we look at 
uh, basketball and football, you may want a minimum weight or a weight range based on your position. So if you're running back, you may want to be 220 to 240 so you can handle a lot of the load of being a running back, but you're not going to be so heavy that it slows you down. You're not going to be too light where you can't take the punishment that position is going to provide. Or you might be a lineman, say 320, 350 pounds, and you need to just move people around with force. All those things coming into play, that's where even then counting calories can come into play too. But for the most part, if we nail our habits, you can just judge based on your scale and based on your performance. Those are the numbers that I'd really rather you track than the calories. But if you want to tie it in, again, if you're a, an NFL athlete, then that's where it makes sense because you have a million-dollar signing bonus online, a multi-million-dollar contract on the line. Hey, let's count our calories again. We're not as worried about the obsessiveness to it. Even with the inaccuracies, if we stay consistent, we've seen results from it, again, we can put that point through that that's going to be your best choice. Counting calories, same measurements, the same food source, day in and day out for a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of months, you get to your goal, you have your signing bonus, and then we kind of bring it back to our natural habits, and we don't have to be as obsessive about the counting calories. Because the slippery slope and the reality of counting calories is that you could obsess about it day in and day out, and then go down that rabbit hole of never letting go and being able to have sugary items or be able to have a cheat meal, and it can negatively impact your lifestyle, your, your relationships with people around you, your psychological state, you can become depressed, all those other factors that come into play. Okay, guys, so I don't mean to stay too much on the negative, but there is a lot of, you know, that's why I love the infographic so much, but I did want to create a fair argument or do the best that I could to create a fair argument for the counting calorie benefits. And so far, I just wanted to kind of recap on them in case I went on too many tangents, is our first benefit's going to be for our, our diabetic or pre-diabetic or family disposition diabetes or anyone that's concerned with blood sugar levels Monitoring, counting your calories, counting your carbs is going to be important. Then you can check your blood sugar levels and you can make smart, intelligent food choices based off that. Second is going to be for our physique, uh, bodybuilder, and let's even tie it like athletes high level. Like when we break down our nutrition clients, we have three levels, level one, level two, level three. Level three is like your high level pro athlete, okay? It's less than 10% of most population. Okay, so that's going to be where, again, the benefit of counting calories is going to come back in because you can track, you can adjust, you can measure, and you can be pretty consistent, and you don't have to worry as much about long-term the negative impacts because you're only going to be doing it for a short period of time. All right, guys, so that's kind of my uh, counting calorie benefit episode to just balance out the equation. If you guys have some more tips, maybe something I missed, if you think I'm being unfair, or you just have some questions and some topics that you want to throw at us for future episodes, Give us a shout out on here, email, the website, wherever. You know how to get a hold of us at this point. Uh, if not, lifeofafighter.com. It's going to be your best contact point. That'll branch off to everything else that'll have our email. And bam. Hope you guys enjoy this one. Um, again, I'm going to be really busy posting a lot on social media. Check us out there. Make sure you subscribe to the newsletter if you haven't already on the website because that's where I'm going to be sending a lot of updates, keeping you guys posted when I am in Thailand. We're going to have a really cool new website coming out that Ashley and I are going to be working on. It was a great idea on her part since we just got married. Now she's married to a fighter and she's also going to be transitionally taking over the business. We're running a website and creating a company called Wife of a Fighter. So it's for our uh, lady audience, for our females out there, or really just someone that wants a different perspective on what it's like for the female in a fighter's life 
to be supportive, to have to deal with fighting, the stress that goes with it, really the role that usually most wives and girlfriends play because Ashley plays such a huge role in not just my fighting career and success, but in the business as well. So it's going to be another tip. And honestly, she's just a genius when it comes to marketing, her entrepreneurial spirit, and she's strong with all that. So I think it's going to be very empowering for our women in general and for our female audience to be able to see her perspective and get ideas and hopefully we'll bring you guys some new products and some new sponsorships and partnerships that make more sense for the females out there. I haven't really been paid attention to as much of just because a lot of the uh, audience that we've been reaching out to obviously is our 18 to 45 males. But don't worry, ladies, I didn't, we didn't get to forget about you and Ashley's going to really help us out with bringing that into our uh, entire business. So appreciate it, guys. Thanks for all the support and we'll catch you next time on the Life of a Fighter podcast. So I just wanted to say thank you guys again for watching, listening, consuming that episode. If you guys enjoyed it and you haven't already, please like, uh, please comment. If you haven't reviewed, please leave a review. If you haven't followed or subscribed, please do that as well. Again, it tremendously helps us out. And then just a quick reminder, if you guys want more resources, we have them below. We have our programs, everything from free all the way up to paid and kind of everything in between dial in with the customization and we have more information on different programs and resources in our newsletter. So if you haven't signed up for that, do so below. It's free. And that is it y'all. See you on the next one.